fun things i have a lot of work to do today and this week is a big week this Tell weekend me. right we're get, well we're gonna be in new york for she recovers oh i was like wait a minute is never not broken this weekend i'm like i'm going <laughs> i know i know i'm the same someone asked me what? yesterday they're like what's so what's coming next for trips i'm like i'm like oh, i don't God, know wait, hold on hold on i know i'm in a lot of places but I don't I, have the time to write down in my head. Right. It's crazy. I um well I'm going I'm gonna go to Rome directly from New York on Sunday. I and know. um that's all I'm thinking about, actually, because that's like out mm-hmm. of country and um also god damn it, I need a fucking like to be somewhere else for a minute. Um so I totally for like I obviously I remember New York, um, but I forgot about New York Temp- I'm well, what's this weekend? Um yeah, Here she recovers is this weekend. Um yeah. Which is going to be great. It's, um, you know, everyone, I don't think there's one person I've talked to that's going that doesn't have the sense of, um, I might be hiding in my room <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> right. I know everybody, I know a lot of people will be there, but I, I just want to like, jump, yeah, close, <laughs> put my hands over my eyes. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, a high percentage of us are pretty sensitive or introverts where, um, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be, I mean, it's like these, my favorite people in the world world all in one place but it's also like oh my god my system's gonna probably um overload Mm -hmm. and um my head's gonna pop off but um but yeah I'm really looking forward to it um yeah me too me too I kind of want to talk about how uh, out of nowhere, um, well, I went to a psychic a couple weeks ago, a healer, and it was insane. Um, she was, um, she was so good. I was at, I was with, um, Megan and Sarah uh, Doran, we were in a, in, okay, I know how to pronounce it now. It's Las Feliz. Um, I've been corrected. Yeah. I've been corrected so many times now that it's actually, like, not by that just one guy, by multiple people. So now I get it. Right. It's like Los Angeles. Like, that's not the pronoun. That's so not the right. So you say Los Angeles. You say Los. Los. Like, Los. It's not Los. And it's not um, uh, Feliz, like Feliz Navidad. It's, this is wrong. Right. It is Los, Los. Feliz, like a white person. You say Feliz. it like a white person. Say it like um, a very white person. Like a very white person, but it makes sense. Los, I mean, Los Angeles. Uh, San, you say, you always say San Luis Obispo, and I'm always like, it's San Luis Obispo. Like Obispo. It, every time you say okay. Luis, yeah, like you I don't say, like, oh, cringe. You don't say Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Unless you're I don't know what she is. Um, <laughs> right. But no. Um, so anyways, we were in Las Feliz. I can say it now without having to stop, which yeah. is great. Um, and we were in a crystal shop 
because that's what we do brunch and crystals and um and then this like girl was there and she looked like lisa Loeb, and she was like um a healer and i just was like i need a i was like no you know you know who i am when i go into crystal shops that have healers in the back um <laughs> from that one time i did it with you i don't know i just was like let me sign up for a reading real quick and she was like not even set up and she gave me this great reading and um the surprising like and she just put some shit in my head first of all she like had she nailed me on the man thing um are you typing are you typing an email while i'm talking i had to shut no i'm not typing i had to shut something down okay um just so you know i can hear you um she like nailed me on the guy stuff um like brilliantly like without sharing any of this um yeah and um like just uh nailed me on kind of everything but the funny thing is i was talking about locations and um she was like, no, LA is not your home and Rome is not your home. And, um, and I thought that was interesting. And, uh, I kept on, I was like, I agreed with everything. I was like, I want to, um, she was talking to my guides, to my spirit guides and, um, and looking at my Akashic record as one does. And I said, I want to, um, contest the point that Rome is not good for me. And she went in, she's like, Rome is good for you, but it's good for you. And Pete, like you should never live there, but you should keep going back there. And, uh, and then she was like, Austin, Oklahoma, Portland. Oklahoma? Um, you didn't tell me that. No, I didn't tell you Oklahoma. Um, I don't know. She said wide open spaces. I needed wide open spaces. Mm-hmm. She said in her mind, like my happy spot. Like, I don't know if I told you this, but she was like, um, your guides are saying like your ultimate happy spot is like running through fields. And it's funny because I've I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about that, but that's like my thing. Like running through fields is like my happy spot. Like when I go to Hawaii, Mm -hmm. that's what I do. Or when there's a field, um, she's like, I see you like in the sound of music type of situation. Um, like just, and I, and that is to, to be honest, that is when that is my happy place in my mind is like being in some field and like running around with my arms open and singing the hills are alive. Anyway. Um, so it just got me thinking. She's like, LA is definitely not your home. And all of a sudden, I was just like, LA is not my home. And, um, and then some stuff has been happening with my work. And, um, I don't know. All of a sudden, I'm, oh God, missing San Francisco. Um, I don't even, I know it's, it's such a strange, um, <clears throat> evolution. I mean, I like it. Well, here's what's been happening. I watched, um, I watched, so I married an axe murderer, which is like, God, such a great, it is fucking movie, but also I've been watching Silicon Valley. I mean, like, that's like, I went to school there and then like, I mean, like I've, I've had a hard on for like Silicon Valley since I was a kid, you know, and, um, uh, I don't know. I just been watching it and I'm like, oh, I miss that. I hate that culture, but I miss that culture. And, uh, I miss, um, I miss fog and, you know, cold. So hot mm-hmm. here. And, um, I don't know. It's just weird. I can't believe it. Honestly, I don't even know what to do with it. Um, so, and then I started looking at apartments and like, I actually can afford an apartment with a parking space which I never could have before. And I was like, why did I hate living there? And and actually, like, I miss my friends. I don't know. All of a sudden, it just feels like I'm stuck in the middle of L.A. and I made a huge mistake. But not really. I mean, it doesn't feel like that. But it does, like, I watched, you know, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, last night because my internet was down and that was the only thing I had downloaded to my computer. 
Um, and I was like, this all of a sudden it didn't feel like home. It's weird. So I don't know what's going on and I'm just rolling with it. I'm not, I don't have to make yeah, any decisions say, for like six totally. months, but it's a surprising thing that's happening. And, um, in my heart. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and plus yeah. I just like for what I'm doing, I do kind of want to be back in that. Like that's where my network is. That's where, you know, that's where my yeah. peeps are. I know. Ugh. I have a similar, um, I mean, it's not the same because it's, but yours you want to move back like to Colorado? Big, no, God, no, no. That make, gives me such anxiety to even hear that because I would never want to not be by the ocean, but Right. Um, I'm thinking of moving to the town next to me. Um, I've had the pull tor- towards it really since the first time I went there. And I think I, I think I'm going to do it. I mean, Wayne it's Scott. not as big of, no, what, what's it called? Wayne Scott. No, but no, Wayne it's- coding. <laughs> no, it's Swamp Scott. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know where you Wayne. live. What's the town next to you? Mainline. Marblehead. Marblehead. Yeah. Yeah, you've talked about this. I wouldn't but not yeah. maybe not on the show. Um but you've talked you've well, definitely been talking about it. I was like, I what? You wanna move to Marblehead? Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, I'm um, why is why again? Like explain why. Uh a couple of things. Like it's it's not I mean, this town is like ten minutes away, okay? It's not a huge deal. But it is, I think it feels like a big sort of energetic deal because I, uh, moving is a big deal. And I, I would have to switch, uh, my daughter would have to switch schools. So that's not nothing. And I have, I don't know, there's something very specific about that town, um, that draws me. Um, and I, you know, I, I live where I live sort of out of circumstance in a way, because it just, I just, it's like a lot of things with my drinking thing. It just like, I ended up here, you know, and I love it, but it's, um, it is where my marriage ended. It's where I got sober. It's where the last of my drinking was. I'm not super connected, not super connected to it in a way. I mean, I am, but I'm not, you know, it's like, oh, I can actually make a decision and do something based on what I desire for myself. Well, I think it's so interesting because I, one thing I didn't mention was I like, it sounds ridiculous that I might move back there, but I had to get the fuck out of there. Like I had to kill something that was dead. Um, and if I moved back there, it would be a much different thing. Like I would not be, it wouldn't be the continuation of that. Right. And so like I had to burn it. Right. And so I think like it makes perfect sense that like I was I'm surprised that you're still in the apartment that you were drinking in. Uh, And I know that's great. Like I know we don't expect everybody to like I know everyone doesn't move and doesn't have the means to move when they get sober in a house, you know. But um, but but I do. But I for some reason with you, that is a surprising thing. And I think there is like I just, I do, I get it. I get it. And I get the whole energy thing and, and I get the whole like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, So in this favor. place is like, yeah, I, I, I have this one really vivid memory um, about Marblehead. So when I moved back, when we moved back, I was married. Um, we moved to Colorado for a very ill-advised short period of time and then moved back. And the day I got back, it was, uh, it was in August and it was 
beautiful out. And I was like, I have to go get in the ocean right now. I'll be back. So I ran down. Um, and this is a time I was completely out of my mind. Like it was one of the hardest, most difficult, crazy stretches of time in my life. And I ran to the ocean cause they live where we, we moved in with my brother-in-law and I ran to the ocean and there's this really specific beach that in high tide, you can just jump in from the steps uh, of the sidewalk. Um, when it's not high tide, it's like, I mean, it's a big difference between high tide and low tide. When it's high tide, it's like a big, huge swimming pool. And I jumped in and I just started crying. I was like, Mm. oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will never leave. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, it felt like this baptism. It was bizarre. I will never forget it. It's so like how cold the water was and what it felt like to just go under and swim by myself and Oh, it was something really profound for me. And that's what I think of when I think of that town. And I spend a bunch of time there. I do, I do more stuff there than I do in my town. I teach yoga there. I have tons more friends there. Alma has tons more friends there. So uh, I think I'm going to do that this coming August. I think that's awesome. A place. Yeah, I'm, it feels right and good. Like the good next step. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Place is fascinating. It is. And I, as weird as it is for you to say you want to go back, I don't think it's actually that weird at all. No, it's, we, it's kind of funny. It's like, um, it's funny. It's like, yeah, okay. it is funny. <laughs> and, and, but also it just is like, um, that's my, that's what was my home for. I mean, not just even the 10 years I lived in San Francisco. It was my home for, you know, um, yeah. 15, 16 years and, um, mm-hmm. the Bay area. And, um, yeah, it doesn't feel weird. It feels like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It, it feels like I mi- it feels like I miss my home oddly, yeah. strangely. I get it. Anyway. All right. Um, cool. So want to talk about this episode? Yeah. Oh my God, this episode. I know. Uh, God. Uh, so Rebecca Campbell is, uh, I heard about her in 2015 when I was in, I was, um, in Sorrento. I was with a girl from Australia. I had this random encounter with this Australian girl and, um, who was woke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on the path of wokenness mm-hmm. and like she came out of nowhere we only spent like a day together but and she did most of the talking and she just kind of blew my mind with a lot of different things and um one of the things that she was like you've got to read this book um light is the new dark and and i want to say i probably bought it then because i kind of buy what things and then read them right. later Um, but whatever it was, I didn't read it until I want to say, and I was in Italy this last year because I was looking for spiritual books and, um, I, I think I just finally was like, okay, um, let's do this. And I read it and I remember like thinking, um, I just remember not being really pulled to it. And then the second I started reading Rebecca's first book, Light is the New 
black. No, light is new. Yeah. yeah, I always want to say light is new dark. Um, light is new black. Um, I was so drawn in. And then I went right to her next book, um, Rice Sister Eyes. And um, I wish she had, if she had, you know, four more books, I would have read them all by now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I remember when you started reading it and you, you were blowing, you were blowing my shit up. Right. Like, well, it was the entry point for me too, into like this idea of divine feminine and palatable divine mm-hmm. feminine. It was like, mm-hmm. um, it was just, it was, it was right around the time where we, when I reached out to Meg Watterson again and, you know, we've had Meg Watterson on since. Um, so, so yeah, I've been, I was, I've just have been, I, I've been following Rebecca. I'm a huge fan of her, her work and, uh, and her and, um, Mm -hmm. she's taught me a lot and we talk about like it's kind of I'm excited because we actually get into the stuff uh, on this that has impacted me the most the cyclical nature of our beings and um and that really, um, you don't, that doesn't always happen. It doesn't always come across in our interviews, like the most important aspects of what we've learned from the, from these people. And, and I really feel like right. she's like, this is good. Like for me, this is one of my, one of my favorite interviews just because I felt like, um, it really did. Convey. Yeah, we actually, yeah, we, we did. And it's a, she, she was just also lovely and oh. I love her story and mm-hmm. I love how she's owning what she's doing and, um, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a really fun conversation. So Yeah. I um yeah, I I it's interesting too because I just posted something a couple days ago about how it's spring and one of the things I would have never noticed before that I'm starting to pick up on is that in the spring I um, tend to go into overdrive thinking I need to go faster. I have all these ideas come to me and it can't come out of me fast enough and I get really um, um, volatile. And uh, mm-hmm. like when they do things like move back to San Francisco, which on it, which is not just an outgrowth of spring, um, right. but like it, but it is part of the whole package. And I love this idea that like we talk about in here in the cyclical nature. Like um, I also just, I mean, I also am just off my period. I'm just in like the fresh part of it. And so whatever that is, like the um, pre-ovulation, pre-ovulation. Um, so anyways, it's just interesting to kind of be able to understand how the seasons of our bodies and the seasons of um, and, and the actual seasons uh, can affect, you know, the way that we are. And, and not only that, it's just being able to look and understand instead of being, you know, for so long, I've been so embarrassed about how cyclical I am, right? Like mm-hmm. I've always apologized for not being more consistent because um, I'm pretty extreme. And so, and this is just one of those like really, really important conversations. Like she's been like of anything, the teacher of mine that's taught me that, um, that it's actually perfectly normal to be a cyclical mm-hmm. being that feminine is cyclical um and mm-hmm. and how to actually like work with that instead of working against it and hating myself for it so um so yeah it's um it's a lot i it's love her things yeah it's a bi- yeah her- yeah and i love i i actually do like her books too i it took me a while to get into them cuz they're written they're like um little bite sized sort of s say you know and um or at least rise sister rises and and so i was getting i was having trouble like sinking into it but once i did i i got it you know i i tapped into to what she's doing and it's it's awesome 
Yeah. So, um, so Rebecca Campbell is the author of First of Light is the New Black, and then re- most recently, Rise, Sister Rise. And you can find her at RebeccaCampbell.me. Um, but this is our interview with her. Enjoy. <laughs> so I just always the awkward start. I know. Like, I just I just posted on Instagram one of your quotes, and I said, oh. "I know," but it's so funny because I've. I mean, I was as I was just saying to you, you've had a profound impact on my life, and we'll get into all of that. But I said. um Interviewing this queen on the pod this morning, going to try really hard not to give away that I'm one level away from moving to London so we can knit mittens and drink tea and caftans and red lipstick while menstruating on hay in a rose garden together. <laughs> Vibe I've got going for. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> no, but um, I am really excited to do this. Uh, you, Your work has had a really big impact um, on my life in, um, in a really surprising way. Um and uh, and we've talked about a lot of it before. We're we're friends with Megan Watterson, who I know you're friends with as well. Yeah, she's great. She is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's amazing. She's been on twice actually. Um, but uh-huh. we um, but yeah, it's just um, and we'll get we'll kind of get into all of that um, <laughs> right now. Lord, great. Do you want to start? Yeah. So. Um, so, Rebecca, I know, like, from reading, if people have read your book, they kind of know this, but I want wanted you to say it in your own words. If you can explain kind of what happened to you in, I think it was 2011, that sort of brought you to your bottom, as you called it, and eventually led to you doing what you're doing now and writing uh, Light is the New Black. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So most of my life, like since being a little girl, like I was always fascinated with the journey of the soul and spirituality and all of that. But um, to be honest, looking back, I was just really afraid to to own all of that and kind of and show people who I really was, like so many of us. And so m- most of my life I'd been living what I call a bit of a double life in the mm-hmm. sense of, um, you know, I'd be training in the intuitive arts, I'd be reading every book I could, and going to lots of different events and workshops but I kind of kept it to myself (laughs) yeah like what what types of like when you say training in intuitive arts like what would you do like so you know like you know training as a psychic training as an intuitive Mm -hmm. training as a, a like as as a healer um, training in past lives and, you know, reincarnation, all of that stuff. Yeah. And like on the weekends and nights and then you're like living your, exactly. yeah. what planet we're from, soul groups, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then, so that's what I did pretty much by, by weekend and night and by day I ended up, um, I created a, a really successful career as a creative director in advertising. I, I said to myself, I went into advertising because and I think like so many of us who I guess are called to serve in some way I I I I was called to go into media I I I kind of like rationalized it to myself in the sense of like oh okay well you know I'm I I can yeah I can exactly devote my life to to putting positive energy out there and positive Mm -hmm. messages and all that and I gotta say it was like 
phenomenal training because I, I started as a copywriter. So, like, you know, I spent 10 years really on the craft of writing. Mm. And, and you know, it's so much harder to write a snappy headline than a long one. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was great, great training um, as it, working as a creative, so conceptually training, working, um, and then as a creative director. And so it was such great training field, really, during the day. But, but really, I was just too afraid to do the work I do now. Um, The needle was always there. I always heard the intuition. It wasn't like I woke up one day and it was like, oh, so this is it. I pretty much knew. I doubted it constantly. But really, the doubt was the fear. So, you know, I was waiting to feel ready. I was waiting for permission. How old were you? Like in 2011, you were like 30 something? Uh, 2011, I was 29, I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 29 turning 30 and yeah and so basically what happened I could feel the life I had consciously created just being harder and harder to hold together and hold on Mm. to I could feel you know it's like really um Saturn returns time right and Mm -hmm. I'm sure how old are you guys I'm 38 38 so you guys have well and truly been through that yep. <laughs> we've got mm-hmm. another one coming on the other side right and so yeah I, explain, um, can you explain what Saturn returns for for everyone Saturn returns is it's when Saturn returns to the point it was when you were born so it's a I think it's a um and correct me if I'm wrong I'm not good with the details of astrology <laughs> rather the concepts but <laughs> it's it's it happens around um it's a 28 year cycle is it or a 28 to 30 year cycle, something like that. It's around the age of 28 to 30. And um, it it, hap- it continues on. So when you're a double 28 to 30, then it comes again. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. yeah, so we've got another one coming. <laughs> and then if we live, live long <laughs> enough, another one and another one. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you, you study Kundalini Yoga, right? You study with like Guru Jagat, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not a Kundalini teacher, but right. like I'm, I'm avid chanter. So yeah, I'm all. I, I, I love. I teach chant. So and Kundalini is a big part of that. Right. They have. Well, they have a uh, life cycles, and their life cycles run in. I think it's eleven and eight and and nine years. And so there's a there is around the early thirties, um, a time when all of them meet up. Like all the like all the changes meet up at once. Oh um, really? Yeah. Interesting. Super interesting. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry. Mm. So keep going. So you had. So, that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So it was like it was basically you know I could feel Carly coming in and and about to kind of you know I was doing my my tarot cards weekly pretty much like praying for some sign that like things would be okay and I didn't have to do what I knew I was being called to do (laughs) and um, the tower card just kept on coming and Mm. you know that tower card Mm -hmm. in the tarot deck it's like particularly in, in my very worn deck that I have it's like it's 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 an exciting card, but it's really I, I thought it was a horrible card because it was literally the tower is burning and everyone's like <laughs> jumping out of the windows and it's like no matter it's like only a matter of time until everything's burned to the ground. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> and so that's really what that was. And then little by little, but very swiftly, um, pretty much every part of my life just literally burned to the ground. It just crumbled, you know, long, long term relationship, eleven years ended he was from Australia like me we were both living in London so he 
couple of days after um, he ended up moving back to Australia. And so I like, didn't have family over here. I, yeah. I had some friends, but then very, it was just before that relationship. It was two of our very closest friends passed away, like really shockingly and really suddenly in, oh. in separation of each other. Um, mm. And, you know, and it was just like several things like that. And then I'd be showing up to work and I'd be like, I, I know that this career isn't aligned to my soul. I know that pretty much all parts of my life are no longer aligned to my soul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that, you know, I wrote this poem called I Pray You Hit Rock Bottom because I really pray that we all do. Maybe all of us don't need to, but I certainly did because it was really the initiation I needed to to find the courage. And I think that word courage is interesting because, you know that word courage. I used to think it was it was it was not feeling fear. It was Joan of Arc. I'm not afraid to do this. But actually, yeah. courage isn't possible without fear. Mm. And it was really it took that out for me to be like, oh, okay. So it's like everything needed to crumble in order for me to be like, okay, fine. Like ego beg for mercy and and really just like fine soul, you lead now. And it was really from that moment on, like, I think we're, I, I'm such a believer in the fact that we're cyclic beings. And so this isn't about us being in spring and summer all year round. Like we're always going to be going into autumn and then winter and then spring, summer, autumn, winter. So this isn't about like everything being easy and effortless all year round. Cause I just don't think that's possible. Right. But ever since I surrendered to the soul leading and then the ego serving the soul or the human part of us or our personality, mm-hmm. everything has become a lot easier. And by that I mean it's like before it was like I was personally holding my life together. I was like using my own personal will to make stuff happen. And I, I was really good at it. Like so many of us, I could, yeah. you know, all the things I wanted, I could get. And then it's like, mm, but it's not aligned to who I am and who I came here to be. And okay. so it's like that big exhale and yeah, I can feel how much you guys have been through that yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can I, so, okay. So you have this, you know, this stuff happen. Can you just give us a little bit of a sort of, download of what it looked like when like as you made this shift I mean did you just show up to work one day and mm. you know you quit and I yeah, mean I think I, the reason I ask is because people um it's hard unless you've been through something like this to imagine how it how you like let go of your grasp and that mm. things start to sort of happen for you in a way totally so I think mm. it's it's baby steps and in my experience and other people's experience might be very different. It's like, you know, I've got this thing where I, I call it working your light because I think it does take dedication to to retrain ourselves into living from our soul. So mm-hmm. I started gathering little, I guess they're like spiritual exercises or tools which I would do like I was an, an Olympic athlete and <laughs> the whole thing was like I was trying to I was trying to walk myself back home and back closer to that guidance mm-hmm. um so you know I was still in advertising and I think this is the thing like when you're telling your story it, it can make it sound like it was just overnight I know and right? it, 
that is not true, but it is true as well. <laughs> I guess it, it takes years and lifetimes sometimes to get to the point where you're ready to make that decision. But, and that decision is made in an instant, but right. we're faced with that decision constantly. So the question the, the question which the answer was to finally beg for mercy and let the soul to lead, that had been being asked of me for so long. However long. Like right. at least 10 years. And then finally I'm like, okay, I, I'm willing to give up my own strength here, my own personal strength. And so I think I really saw it as well as because I saw that the the I was living in a way a double life. And I think in some ways we like it's such a common thing. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like showing up inauthentically to to work or anything. I just wasn't I was dimming my light. I was di- dimming my uniqueness. I was trying to I was trying to fit into a world rather than let the world fit, fit around me. Right. And I saw that and so it was like, okay, cool. So what I I can see where the kind of direction that I'm being called in, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what the business (laughs) model is. I don't know what I don't know what that is yet, but I know the direction and I know it's it's not very close to where I am right now. (laughs) Yeah, right. I saw it as like, okay, so what I need to do is really ride two surfboards for a while Mm. and every day. And because I used to do this exercise, I now call it Shakti walking where, um, and now I've got a puppy called Shakti, so it takes it to a whole nother level. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Which is interesting because my puppy, like, be careful if you call your your dog Shakti because. Gives them a lot of power. (laughs) Yeah. My husband, he walks he walks the dog and, and he's constantly like, give her space, give her time. Or as I'm like, come on, let's go faster, this way, this way. And I'm like, oh, this is this is how I'm controlling my life here. Okay, so I got it. That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, what I did at that time, and it was probably for, I, I still do it now, but I was doing it like every single day for probably about two years. I would get up in the morning, I'd w- walk to the park and I'd set myself like, I don't know, like half an hour to 40 minutes to walk in nature, but I never like walked a path. I just like let nature, like the Shakti of nature, the Shakti within me guide me like where I was being, where I needed to walk, if that makes sense. So it might be, okay, circle that tree or go and smell that flower or go to the lake and go backwards a different way or whatever. And um, as I did that, that was like my, one of my practices of like every step I took, it was like I was taking two things were happening. One was like I was letting my soul and the soul of the planet walk me. Mm. And I was also visualizing every step I took was like a step I was taking closer to me and my soul, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So because I knew that I I wasn't it things weren't aligned, but it wasn't necessarily a matter of just like ripping everything off and changing everything. It's like this is like a gradual process because also, you know, when you're when you're you're kind of being called to change things, it's like sometimes you don't want to rip the band-aid off. Sometimes like there's some real beautiful things that you have created, right? Mm. 
And so eventually with me, I just did it in like a baby step kind of way. So every day I was doing at least one thing in the direction of where I knew I was being called, even if I didn't know where that was. So it was just like one more brick on the path or one more step on the path. And, um, you know, so then I went from like working full time to three days a week. But the amazing thing with that, and this again was my experience, and I've seen this happen time and time again, when you show up to what you're being called to do, the way that the universe supports you is always unexpected, but it just blows my mind. So I remember going into my boss and just basically saying, look, um, and I gave myself an elevator pitch with work because I didn't want to go. Um, meanwhile, I'm doing like soul readings on the side and then doing like <laughs> pitch meetings or whatever. And um, so I... I didn't want to tell my boss that, you know, I'm quitting to read the Akashic Records. Um, what I said, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's that now. But um, <laughs> because I was like, and I say this, I've got this course, Work Your Light, which is all about is like, like how we how we turn our, the passion into the business. And so it was like I wasn't going to turn my back on my training completely. And so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so what was it? And also, like so many of us, I really like struggled with what the hell I was going to call myself. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. maybe I should just like, I just, instead of like doing the normal path where it's like you got to like do 10 years or 20 years of of work and then you start writing, I'm like, no, no, I need to write the book immediately. So at least then I can say I'm an author. I'm an author. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, That's that awesome. was the business plan. That was business. Because, and in a way, I had been doing my apprenticeship for since I was like 13. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> um and so it was it was a bit of a it was a different way of doing it and so that's what I said to my boss and I'm like look I just all I'm passionate about this world self-development world spirituality world and uh, there is this book I really want to write and that forced me to actually decide what book it was by the way because you know, we always have like a million ideas I was living in like a I was living on my own at the moment in like a post-it house, basically. It was just thousands of post-its everywhere with all the ideas. And so, yeah, I said to him that that I really feel called to um, to write a book. So I feel like I want to give myself, say, six months to, to just like follow that dream. I made it all about following this dream and that, you know, I feel very fortunate that, you know, I'm now no longer in a relationship. He knew, he'd seen how much my life had just like changed in a short amount of time. And I said, um, you know, and I don't have kids and I just feel like if I don't do it now, I'll regret it. And he looked at me, he's like, I so get it. And this is surprised me. And this is what I so recommend when you work out your elevator pitch. Like for me, it was, I was a copywriter and now I want to write a book. Yeah. And yeah, it's a topic, but you know, for someone else, it might really be about cycling or like, football you know right. like I wouldn't do that and so I had my elevator pitch and then every person I told it to it became about them they didn't give a shit about what I was doing I mean they were you know encouraging or whatever but you know that thing particularly in the spiritual world like I was petrified of what people would think and that you know my reputation would be ruined and you know I was so afraid of sharing my voice but really what they got in there was oh wow she's got this thing that she's always dreamed of doing and she's doing it Mm -hmm. and then everyone else's responses were like oh my gosh that makes me think I really want to visit Tibet I I know right (laughs) people I know that's so the response it's like oh my god I'm so jealous instead of like you're crazy 
<laughs> yeah, no one says you're crazy. We'll see your face anyway, maybe. Uh, to your face, right. But I'm going to say, and the people who you think are going to say, you're freaking crazy and, you know, defriend you and all of that, I find that they're actually the ones who come for the sessions. It is but really you know, surprising. It's really surprising who actually ends up staying. I mean, but people do leave. There are people that do leave and that can't stomach it and that don't want anything to do with it. But it is interesting. It's been very interesting to find like who reads my work or. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. So, yeah. This is something be, um, I've always wondered is, do you think, I mean, do you believe based on your knowledge of past lives, do you think that every, like you, this is the first time that you have broken this? Like for me, I've always thought, like there's just been this feeling that I've had in this lifetime um, that that everything leading up to now was was waiting for me to break this to 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 do to break it right to basically break through the fear come out um you know and and listen to the soul right and actually do the terrifying thing of you know of stepping out of the cycle of stepping out of letting you know playing small and living this very safe um and controlled life um and then Mm -hmm. breaking out of that into who you're supposed to be um and so for me i've always thought like every lifetime prepared me for this right every lifetime prepared me to kind of do this work um and that this was you know and that i would have come back again if i hadn't found the way to break it in this life do you do you think you this is the first time that you've broken it like do you know what i'm asking yeah yeah i do i do i've got like three answers to it (laughs) the first one is i think that there are are different like ancient eras where we've done this or where i've done this but in the past like you know 2000 years like which is our real like understanding of history I think that the lifetimes have been working towards this point this moment in history this this you know you look at mystics through the ages ancient civilizations they've all spoken about this time and I think that we've had quite a lot of of uh difficult eras in history to do this Are you talking about in. yugas? Like, do you, or when you say eras? Okay. Eras. Eras. Era, like, as in, what, what do you mean? Sorry, I don't know what a yuga is. Oh, it's just like, it's a, it's an idea. It's a yogic philosophy that we cycle uh-huh. in a circle and that we, we cycle from the highest point. Like the highest vibration is, is about, I can't remember what the years are. I think the highest vibration, it, I want to say it's like a, a 20,000 year cycle, but the highest mm-hmm. point is, um, is at the top. And then we just like where we are the closest, where we know everything. And then we basically get like get to the dark side of it where we forget mm-hmm. who we are. We're gross. Like it's the grossest, heaviest, um, most awful time. Kali Yuga. And then we move mm. up back towards the light. And that right now, mm-hmm. like on the map, it's just the darkest, lowest point. Um, mm-hmm. And that it cycles. And that it gets, we get, yeah. you know, like it kind of, we'll, we'll be back here again, but we'll also be back to where we 
where we were. Yeah, potentially. I mean, gosh, how can we know about that yeah. stuff, really? <laughs> I, I, I'm not that familiar. I haven't read that much stuff about this, but I read about it and then I'm like, oh, that's what I believe. <laughs> so <laughs> what my belief is that particularly like eras is in like the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. right? That was a really difficult, difficult era. I believe that many of us did find the courage to speak out but I think that actually in in those eras the repercussions were horrific Mm -hmm. and so I do believe that many of us not all but some of us carry those fears with that that soul memory Mm -hmm. of it's not safe to share the voice it's not safe and then I believe particular well in the western world anyway because you know there is obviously places on the planet right now which aren't safe but in the western world particularly as women I think that we've been working for this moment where it really is there has not been a safer moment in in the short-term soul history where we have been able to freely share our voice. You look at the the entrepreneurship, the online world, it's like, you know, we can share whatever we want. And, you know, I was at Mary Magdalene's Caves just a, a couple of weeks ago. I was really called to go there at this particular time. It was like I, I, I often find with my spiritual pilgrimages, they happen like, and then a couple of days later, I'm there. It was like, be moved now. <laughs> and yeah. so I went there and I didn't really know why I was there exactly. But I went and I walked up the Mary Magdalene's cave. And this is where she, it's thought that she spent the last 30 years of her life. And I was walking up and it was like windy and rainy. And I really felt the struggle and the the the, the, the real deep pilgrimage of actually getting up there is like through the mist and all of that. And it was beautiful up there. And, you know, there is some of her remains there and all of that. But I just deeply felt I was, you know, I could have gone back the next day and done that same pilgrimage. But it was like actually at a soul level I needed to actually not do that. (laughs) So I did it the first day. And then the next day I just literally spent time around the town and, and, it was really funny, actually. I ended up in McDonald's. I'm not a McDonald's girl. <laughs> not, I'm not. I'm not like, like I'm. I'm not a McDonald's hater either. I just like it's not really where I real would choose to eat when um, I'm in a beautiful French town. But all the other places were closed, and I was like just there eating some fries. And I'm like, this is not the life to be in the caves. It's okay to be here. There's music playing, people just like getting on with life. I'm like, this is a life to integrate it. You do not need to be in the cave. And then the next day I woke up and uh, the town was beautiful. The weather had changed. It was so beautiful. And I went into the basilica there where her skull is and, and I, as I was walking in, I discovered it was International Women's Day. Uh, and something uh. about that was just like, because it felt like uh, the days leading up, the church was like closed and the door was closed. And I kind of like snuck in, but I didn't know if I was allowed to be there and no one was there and it was dark and all of that. And then on this day, the third day, International Women's Day, the doors were open, the sun was shining, birds were there, there were markets. And to me it was just this beautiful meta- visual metaphor over and over and over again where it's like 
we're done with hiding in the caves. We're done with keeping the voice in. We're done with keeping ourselves restrained. It's now time for us to, and I wonder if you guys have seen this, like with the women's marches and all of that, you know, and I've got a lot of friends who, who do this work who are kind of like, I actually didn't feel called to go and march and I just am feeling like really really uh inauthentic almost because I wasn't physically moved to be there there was something in me where it was like no and what I feel is that there is there is many of us who have been like almost like like we're we've been part of the activation of this energy of this awakening and now it's like and this is what I really got in France it's like you know okay it's everyone can see it now and you know it might feel like the world is in a terrible place and in one way it is and you could say like the 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 kali era right it's like oh we're in the darkest bit but i actually feel and you know i i do have a tendency to see the light though so you know maybe it's just my 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 way of seeing things but deep down i feel a relief and I was in America when Trump got in and I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to get political or anything. No. I, mean, I mean, I'm happy to, but like, this isn't about what I'm saying is not necessarily just about him and all of that. But I, with all of the stuff with Brexit, all of that, it was like, personally for me, I felt like I was carrying a lot and then with the stuff that happened and it, it kind of went to the end of the end of last year, all of a sudden I feel lighter. And I think it's because what we can't see, we cannot heal, whereas right. what we see, we can. And I feel, and with the millions of women marching and, and stepping forth now, it's like finally everyone can see what needs to be healed in ourselves in the world and all of that and now you know it's like it's not just your com- burden it's not it's just not one person's burden no i know i know it's so much what like, you're saying and you guys are part of that too so do right. you feel similar yeah i as you're saying this you know because it was still a heavy time i could still feel that heaviness and i'm very much like you i can see but i can see the dark i can be in the dark and mm-hmm. i can still pull it back like part of i think what laura and i do is is work within some of the darkest parts like we like mm-hmm. down it which is just as beautiful as the light right and so i think that there's also a capacity here um, between between Laura and I, at least, and, and I know within myself for sure, to be able to be in the darkest place and still see the light within the darkest place. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And so, I found for me when I started when I started waking up. So I woke up like um, you know you talk about the Aquarian age. I've, I've seen you write about it mm-hmm. a couple of times. So I woke up like literally in October 2012. Mm-hmm. And as you know, wow. like, like, I know isn't that crazy? That's October. Amazing. October 2nd, 2012 was when I broke. And then that was when I started working a path of recovery. Um, And then, you know, and December 11th, 2000, was it December 11th, 2012? Or no, December 11th, 2000. 
I can't remember. Whatever. But we shifted <laughs> from the Piscean age to the Aquarian age right around the time that, that, that I really woke wow. up. And also that Laura woke up. But for me, when I started to wake up, I mean, I found, this is when I found Eckhart Tolle. And this is when I found James Braz, who was my first meditation teacher. And this is when I, I found Kundalini Yoga. And I found Gabby Bernstein. And, you know, for me, it was just this... Um, I had been so, I was, you know, I was a director. Our stories are similar. I mean, I kind of went pretty far down the hole (laughs) of (laughs) self-destruction. But our stories are similar in that I had really built this career up where I was great at it. um, And it's now served me in this world, but or in, in this career. But, you know, I had gone... So I was so far down the hole and I always had this knowing within me that there was more. There was this always this longing and this calling for more. Um, like my heart was like just so desperately, my soul was so desperately, you know, trying to break through all these layers I had piled on top of it and all the stuff I'd done to myself. And then all of a sudden when I woke up, it was just like, holy shit. When you, when you realize that, like when you all of a sudden realize the world that you're in, what's going on around you, what's possible, um, you know, from, the, from a really dark place, it, it is like you are in on a secret and nobody has like noticed it yet. Mm. Nobody has gotten it yet. And you know everyone will at some point. that This is, what, mm. like, this is where everyone's going, but you also know everyone's far moved. So it... In a very, like, big way, I have seen for a really long time, like, I believe, like, we won't be using, like, you know, I, I believe that we won't need to use any sort of drugs or alcohol at, at some point in our lives mm-hmm. in order to find, like, our truest selves. I, like, like part of the work that I do and my mission is, is really to help us kind of tap into what we've got going on inside without using stuff outside of us. And so, for a long time, I've just felt, um, yes, exactly. Like, when you walk down the street, I've lived in down, downtown San Francisco and I now live in downtown LA and it's like you see the ills of society you see like you know people living on the streets and sleeping on the streets and you know, and being stepped on and walked over um and and you see people losing their minds every day right in front of you there's been a woman on the street screaming she's like for the last couple of hours since 4 a.m she does it a lot um just screaming and um you in other words, what I am saying is I have seen like this cannot go on. Like we, mm. ha- we, we, we will wake up like I like we have to be able to see that like there are there are um, that we're dying and we and that there that are only the only solution to this is this like collective awakening. Um, mm. And so, yes, like I I mean, I. I knew if the election had gone to Hillary, we would have still been Mm. pretty tired, like pretty sleepy and not really seeing, you know what I mean? Mm. And this was, there is, you know, there's not much of like, I don't feel relief because it still is really heavy. Um, Mm. But I do definitely feel relief that at least we're fucking seeing it. Um, And more and more people are starting to find this thing within like it's just it is like mm-hmm. an activation. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I don't know if that is what you were saying, but that's totally, what I feel. Yeah. totally. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Laura. Yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Um, no, I mean I 100 percent agree. You know, like our stories are also very similar, Rebecca. Like mm-hmm. I worked in marketing and advertising, and I mm-hmm. had that same sort of path and. Same timing, um, more, you know, towards Holly and 
I mean, my, my response was, you know, my getting woken up was around addiction and I think everybody has different ways. Right. But mine was around addiction. And I remember just this, this, um, I was coming out of the subway one day and I was like, I like literally came out of the ground, you know, up from the subway onto the street, um, Mm. going to my job. And I was just like, where the fuck is everybody? Like, Mm. where are we? And why aren't we talking about this? Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, same exact thing. Mm. And it, it was like, you know, it didn't make what was happening to me personally necessarily any easier, but it, it was like a fire. Like there was purpose behind all the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I love that you said like you, you, I was going to ask you about your video. You had this awesome video that we'll post when we put this up, um, for 2017 where you were saying, you know, like we, we can't, um, heal what we can't see and, um, that you were feeling like, you know, we're at the end of this nine year cycle. And, um, I don't know, I guess maybe I don't even need to ask anything more about that. I was just, I was interested. It was, it's interesting to hear someone say that. Cause it's like the stuff that you feel, but you don't really know how to say, do you, mm. I mean, how do you reach people when they don't, they're just like, so when they're like, what, are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Personally, I, well, I do two things. One, well, I used to try and convince. I don't at all, Mm -hmm. at all. I don't care if someone doesn't understand what I do. Like I I don't feel any way, like way desire to uh, try and convince people of anything. It's exhausting. But you used to, you started out, you did at one point. When I was younger, I did like, but that's part of like going into the spiritual closet. Like I wanted to, I think this is what happens when you first awaken. It's like, I, I liken when we first awaken to like, when have our experience of like this other world, like the spiritual world, like kind of like the first time you have sex or rather like a <laughs> proper orgasm and you're like, oh my God. And you, you don't understand. <laughs> you, you, I don't think you're doing it right. Do you, you like, why don't people talk about, like, what is this? Rebecca, yeah. I sat down with my mom and my sister and I like literally had my Kundalini training book and I tried to read them about what the Aquarian age is and what the Piscean <laughs> age is. And my niece went behind the chair and started taking a shit. And they both just like, she's like in the corner. She was one, um, by the way, not, <laughs> not, not <laughs> she's not like 15. She was in diapers. But like they kept on, I'm sitting there and I'm like, take me seriously. And they're, they start laughing and it was just like, they weren't laughing at me, but they're laughing at my niece. And like, it was just this moment. precious to you. Right. And I, but that was it for me. That was it. That was the last time I ever tried to get anybody to like sit them down and get them to understand. I mean, it was like the perfect metaphor for it. And then my sister, (laughs) who's now a social activist, um, social justice activist, like came over recently and said, something like I get now what you're saying about the Aquarian age you know like three years later (laughs) anyway 
comes in the perfect time. That's the thing. Like, for example, like, I think it's such a common thing. Like, you know, if you have your awakening, then you're like, oh, my gosh, my friends don't get it. My husband doesn't get it. My whatever doesn't get it. Like, for me, at first, I remember, like, wanting, like, feeling, like, the desire. Because when I first awakened I w- and, and got the concepts, it was like I was a teenager. And so I literally, I started having, like, older women as friends, like, 60-year-olds. Because I couldn't <laughs> talk to anyone about it. And it was yeah. weird. But it was fucking weird that I was normal at school. Like I'd get drunk and talk to the boys and all that. But I was just like, what is this life? This is stupid. This is (laughs) stupid. But I'll play along because otherwise I'm not. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Exactly. And I remember just like really like, like looking to my parents and being like, why can't you have these conversations like about past lives and all of this? And like, mm-hmm. even still, my family is just so amazing. And mm. my, my dad is just like the most big hearted person you'll ever meet. But even still, like just, the, it was a lot, I was, I got, went, I got married in Australia like a, a year and a half or two years ago, or whatever. And I was back there and, you know, dad's like, my number one liker on Facebook. Like I'll post something and it's like within a millisecond, Trevor Campbell likes it. So like so proud of me. Such a such a such a supporter. And then I'm talking to him and I'm like, so dad, you know, you've read my books, you're my number one follower. <laughs> Tell me, do you still believe that when you're dead, you're dead? And like, think about like what I do. It's all about the journey of the soul. It's all about past lives. It's all about this era and all this. He's like, and he starts to laugh and he's like, yup. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't even know what I'm liking. I just like you. He's just, he's like, I just love what you're doing. I think it's, I just am so proud of you. And uh, you know, it's great. That you're like putting good stuff out there. And it's like, when I was a teenager, that was heartbreaking for me but now it's like oh my god that is like the best compliment ever and just such a beautiful reminder that it's like you know what we're teaching isn't for everyone and for those who it is it's just like my teachers have like nailed into me if you're looking for approval from others and and you're you're looking for people to to validate you your 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 intention's not right that's right so this should just be like what works for you and you know and I think this is even for people who are open to lots of different things so many people come into the spiritual well even more so self-help world because they don't think that they're good enough or there is this validation that they're looking for you know or that and they're even ready or even at a place where like who am I to do this thing right like which is the same idea of like what will people think right yeah and so that's what we need to watch out for because it's the same thing like I don't think any teacher like you know it's tricky because for me what has worked with me is I really am all about non-negotiable spiritual practice like mm. not uh, like and I so respect Kundalini it's not a 4am job for me, but yeah. it's a non-negotiable. <laughs> I've done it and some of the times in my life where, you know, that 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 really was right. great for me. But, you know, for me it is, it is meditating every day or chanting every day or doing something, even if it's just 10 minutes. But, but that doesn't mean that that's what sh- everyone should do. Right. And so you know, that's like the, you know, the era of the guru where it's like what I – say is right you say is not um, that's gone and so it's like for us to go in and find that that own truth and also when we remember that 90% of our reaction to life is 
about us, like our own projections. Like we actually don't know what's actually happening in the real world because it's all filtered through us. Right. So yeah. but I get that it's, it's a tricky one when, but I love that metaphor. I'm going to remember that of the, <laughs> the one year old doing a shit. Right. I love right. it. <laughs> oh God. So I want to talk about the, the crux of your recent work, right? Rise, sister, rise. I, so my little story of like how this came into my life. So we interviewed Megan Watterson on our show and I was really bored. Right. It just wasn't like my thing. Um, like not bored. Like she's, she's, so smart and so interesting, but I was turned off by her work at first just because, um, the nature of it. Right. And, um, and, and really like, uh, I, I have lived a very, um, aggressive and masculine life. Um, and I, uh, and I like words like divine feminine, you know, kind of make me gag. And, um, and so Mm. we had this interview with her and then I bought a book on, you know, Mary Magdalene and I went on, I, I go to Rome every year and I, I went on my trip to Italy for a couple of months. And then I was in the middle of securing this, um, investment with a VC firm. And I was focused on this, like, um, this really masculine approach to growing my business, right? Like I had to get VC funding. I had to scale. Um, I needed, you know, and I, I was acting like a boy and, um, (laughs) it's true. And I have, that's been, that's how I've worked. That's been my approach, um, is really bulldog, really masculine. Um, and I've done, and then I move into this very feminine Role like the the work I do now is is with primarily women that we have men it's primarily with women I speak to women um, and um, and yet I'm still like and also it's it's like a female entrepreneurship and I'm in this like you know Gabby Bernstein Maria Forlo your world all of you guys right like I'm in this like thing but I'm still very driving it and then I go to Italy and I come I'm there like I'm there for about two months and right before I come home I'm supposed to move to New York I'm supposed to secure this investment deal and the whole thing falls through and I come Mm -hmm. home and I come back I have no money and um and I'm just like what the fuck do I do now and and this is when um I read I'd read light is the new black um and I had I'd had it and I had been told about it uh, a year before when I was in Italy the year before I met a woman mm-hmm. and she was like you've got to read Rebecca Campbell she was from Australia um, mm-hmm. and so I'd had it I hadn't read it and this is when I read it and then I was like oh my god and, I, and then I bought your next book immediately and then I um, just this thing happened where I just started to um, realize this wasn't working for me anymore, right? Like this hard drive wasn't working for me anymore. And I I sat around pretty much like for kind of weeks on end, but like this one particular weekend just on my couch with candles lit and beautiful <laughs> clothes, like drinking tea, um, taking <laughs> baths and reading your work. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and all of the sudden having this epiphany of um how much i've been working against my body and my cycle and um and 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 really still even in this line of work um just invoking the masculine and really killing the feminine and so i you know read your book and just like exploded right and then decided i was going to start i started tracking my periods i started working <laughs> like i started to um 
I don't know. I just started to really embrace this idea that I could actually be successful and, and be soft um, mm. and that I didn't have to fight so hard for it. Um, and so I want to, I want you to comment on a couple of things. I think like the, the first is, you know, the masculine versus the feminine and your experience of this. Um, but the second thing that I really am dying for you to talk about is the crone, the, the, the maiden, the mother, the wild woman, and our cyclical nature. Because for me, I fought the cyclical, cyclical nature, right? I tried to tame it, um, and, uh, and I resisted it. And, um, I, and now I get, I'm not crazy or 20 different people, <laughs> right? Or inconsistent, which is what we say. We try and tame it. We say we're inconsistent. We say like, you know, like we really like, I thought I was the most inconsistent, crazy person. Um, <laughs> and now I've seen it in a very different way. Um, but I still, it's a hard thing to do to, to work cyclically, to move cyclically to, you know what I like? Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, all of that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's a lot. Like it's, um, I, I so relate. So my, just a bit of backstory on me, like my, my mom was the masculine really in my family and my dad, the feminine, like dad would cry over anything. He, he was a school teacher. He'd like take us to, to like sport. He'd take me to dance class. He'd do the washing and the cooking and the cleaning. And mom had, had this real high powered job. And so to me, uh, like many women who've learned to make it in the man's world, like that was like my model. And like, I'm, I'm so proud of her because she achieved so much, but I really modeled myself on that and striving and success and and literally like calling on my masculine reserves like they were my superpowers that's Mm. how I I I excelled and so then when I changed and and surrendered to the soul and the soul I, I feel is feminine and and well let me go into deeper about that. What I think is feminine about the soul is that there is this ancient wisdom. There is this ancient wisdom which is linked to the cycle of all of life. So that same intelligence that is that tells tulips when to open, mm-hmm. that tells the, the tides when to come and go, which tells the planet which way to spin, that waxes and wanes the moon. And as a woman that same thread, that intelligence, that wisdom is also within our bodies. It's within men's bodies too, but particularly women's because every month with our menstrual cycle, our period, we go through all of the seasons. So we go from maiden to mother to wild woman to crone and crone is like the elder or the wise woman. And what I mean by that is this. So the phases are so let's just say it's a, a classic four-week cycle. Um, the the straight after you bleed, bleeding is winter, which is mm-hmm. the elder or the wise woman, and then we go into the maiden. So this is once you stopped bleeding, and you know you're in it's spring energy. I'm mm-hmm. I'm on the cusp between winter and spring. I'm I much prefer spring and summer personally. Yeah, <laughs> <I> always have. <laughs> I really do. I know women who it's the opposite. So the feminine is 
my greatest teacher, <laughs> you know, because I'd be trained to, to not be there. Right. So that's why it's, it's been such a big part of my life's wow. work because we teach what we most need as, right. as, as nourishment ourselves. And so, yeah, so so we're in the spring, which is the maiden, and the maiden is like the, the virgin and the virgin meaning like not, not like the, the – Independent, virgins fierce, being right? In a sense of yeah, the virgin used to mean like like some people think that it means like pure, but and and it is, but it's like it's like uh, independent. It's 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 got lots of action energy to to it. So yeah, so you're in that, and then we move into the mother, which is summer. And again, like you think the mother, okay, so that's really feminine, but. Really, there is a lot of like masculine energy in that. It's the sun energy, and so it's the the part of our our cycle when we're ovulating. Mm. We're looking our best. We're feeling our best. We've got extra energy. We're probably wanting to go out and and socialize and like put our ideas into action. Mm. When we're in spring, with a phase before that, where where we're probably like, oh. Oh, I want to do this. We're really excitable and we're naive and we're like, oh my gosh, I've got all these ideas and all these post-its everywhere. I just love it. Ah. <laughs> and then you go into the mother, which is the second, which yeah. And then after that, what happens uh, is that we'll 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 notice a shift as the leaves begin to fall into autumn. And so this is the wild woman and the wild woman. And then the, the wise woman as well, both of these archetypes are highly feminine. And also these are the archetypes that have been banished from society for so long. Mm. And as far as I'm concerned, personally, I believe that the rising feminine is really the rising of these two archetypes of women. So the wild mm. woman being the powerful woman, the woman who isn't afraid to assert herself, not in an aggressive masculine way, but in a way that is like, no, I know I'm enough and I need to trust the wisdom I'm getting, trust the my hunches and I'm putting my foot down and I'm saying no or I'm saying yes. Mm-hmm. And the wild woman, this is like the witch, you know, the archetype of the witch and think about the witch through the burning the burning times, the Middle Ages, like she was burned. And literally. tortured. And I tortured. went to like this museum in Rome that's um, that showed all the different instruments that they used oh. to... I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, it's, it's really horrible. And so, yeah. And so this, this part of our cycle, this is really, I would call it the, this is like the PMS stage for me. It's so you can use this stage in the sense of like, you're not going to be, you're not going to put up with bullshit when you're in this Mm -hmm. stage. Right. Or if you if you do, you're going to have an outburst like you're going to have a crazy fit because there is so much anger and rage that if we're we're putting it inside, that power turns into anger and anger and frustration, Mm. sometimes tears. Whereas if we actually assert ourselves in the way that it's coming, our power then then it's a little bit more smooth sailing. But it's like this is the fire energy. It's, it's like it's okay, right? And so for me what happens around day 26 and even if it's a good cycle, I'll probably I'll either like burst into tears over nothing or I'll be sitting on the couch and my husband will just be eating and I'll just be like, I, 
this makes no sense, but I really just want to hurt you because I don't like how you're eating. And he's like, I'm just eating. Or I don't like how you're breathing. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea or, what you're talking be, about. <laughs> or what? Or I'll be like, oh, yeah, exactly. Or I'll be, so I am... I am a Virgo and I, I'm really good at making things tidy, but I'm actually really messy. So I'm good at like doing a big blitz, but yeah, it's like things, I, I kind of go to the next thing a little bit too fast sometimes. Yeah. And so I don't tidy up where I was. And so at the PMS set stage, I'll be like, the house is a mess. Who's done this? <laughs> and it's me every single time. And it's everything has to go. It's like I kind of burn everything and and just like chuck it all out and we need a whole new house I need a whole new life I need a whole new everything <laughs> and so this is the thing so, and and really like mm, it doesn't really change that much I tend to always go through it the the highs and lows aren't as much but it's funny now because I know what's happening mm-hmm, and so I'll yeah. watch what's that my friends and be like oh wild woman's here and I hate everything (laughs) lots of fire emoticons and then and then but there's so much power in that phase so this is such a good phase for like editing books it's an amazing phase for like making hardcore decisions that you're too afraid to you just like assert yourself and, and just like go for it um I think it's a great phase for teaching as well and for writing because you're just kind of like here's here's what it is Mm -hmm. then we go into winter which is generally when we're bleeding Mm -hmm. and now this is this is the elder or the the crone or the wise woman where she they used to say that that and this is the thing the bleeding is sacred like so sacred and it's thought that like the blood is really like that's the holy grail right it's the womb it's the potency of of the womb it's when the the like when we start bleeding it's like the veil is shed between the worlds and Mm -hmm. so we're closest to the goddess or god or whatever you want to call it when we're bleeding we're the most tender Mm-hmm. If you imagine like a beautiful old woman who like owns her wisdom, like there's something like translucent about her almost. Mm-hmm. And it's like her words, like when she speaks, it's not actually about the words. There is a transmission coming because she's almost like, like bridging the worlds. And so this is an amazing time for, and this is, this is the biggest teacher for us, particularly if we suffer from painful periods, which I absolutely do. I do too. Um, yeah. Perfect. And this is why <laughs> this cycle work. Yeah, me me too. It's so important for us to do. Like, you know, and I think mm, from what I've like uh, been guided uh, towards with all of this is that particularly those of us who have the painful periods, it's like we really need to watch the part of us that like just, you know, wants to be working all the time and push through and just like make it happen. And, you know, that's the the maiden and mother energy where it's just like, oh, I've just got so much I want to share. Let's just like do it. Life's exciting. Let me share it. Let me share it. You know, I used to really see uh, my high pain threshold as a, as a, as a badge, like right. as something which really really good right and that's definitely something I need to watch myself on I wonder if you guys are the same sounds yeah. a little bit 
that maybe. So, yeah, and so this is really the bit autumn and, and winter, so PMS and, and bleeding, this is when we really are being called to, like if you just look at the seasons, it's like the leaves are falling where we're being called to let go of what no longer serves us right, all the things that we've been bringing into bloom, all the things that we've been planting, and and then to deeply rest. And, you know, that period of the winter of the elder of the crone, the wise woman, it's like we need to rest in order to, to replenish ourselves so that come spring then the things can sprout, the ideas can sprout, the and then we can go into summer again and go into bloom and then we begin again. And I think this is this is why the cycle is such a wonderful teacher. And furthermore, even more than that, it's why Mother Earth is such a wonderful teacher because, yeah. you know, I'm sitting here looking at my back garden and I planted three cherry blossoms, which mm, only I love bloom. Those so much. Oh, aren't they gorgeous? They, they bloom like just once a year and very quickly and the, the first one she bloomed first and all her flowers are gone like she's mm. she's gone she's done she's done for the year then the second one she is almost in full bloom now and and she's just starting to lose her leaves her for her petals and then there's a third one which looks like she was dead up until like three days ago and she's got the tightest little white buds which are about to mm. blossom and so she'll be blooming on her own. And this is the thing I think particularly as women and particularly in the in the online world, it's so easy to see, like look on Facebook or Instagram or wherever and just be like, oh, my gosh, everyone's blooming and I'm not. And if you look around, you will always find someone blooming. But mm -hmm. it's impossible to bloom all year round. And I love this cherry blossom like metaphor because you know I I constantly remind myself that it's like also with the cherry blossom some cherry blossom trees one year they bloom flowers and another year they they bloom cherries and fruit and yeah. so you know it's impossible for us to be like machines and and literally be blooming constantly and we we must remember that and I think that is the the cycle what the cycle work can really teach us how do you so i i totally and i was holly told me about um rise sister rise before i read it and stuff and i i really love meg watterson's work i'd never really dove into thinking about my period in this way and i expected to be like very eye rolly you know about it but i was like oh my god this makes so much sense and like everything you just said makes sense how do you um, sort of guide people to like live in the world that we live in mm. and respect that? The cycle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, it's, you know. I feel it's a constant balance. Like, yeah, I, I have, that's a really good question because, you know, I've got friends who are like, like literally their work is all about the cycle. And so they literally like 100% live by it. And I would say that I do, I, I like 90% live by it. <laughs> so yeah. it more than any, but, but I don't go, okay, well, I have my period. So I'm not seeing anyone. I am not. <laughs> right. Well, because it's not an option for like most people. I mean, especially I, I'm just thinking, okay, we have lots of listeners who are 
who are parents, you know, and have okay. multiple kids. And they're like, yeah, that sounds great. Like I can, you know, know that I'm in this phase of my life, but like my family, you know, the kids don't care. Like we're in this very masculine world. So how, right. how do we marry those worlds? And, and you know, or do we? <laughs> well, I think it's a personal decision how far we go with it. I mm-hmm. think the most important thing is just to notice, just yeah. to notice, just like with nature, just notice when when the leaves begin to fall and remember every season we're going through every month when the leaves begin to fall ask yourself okay well what is wanting to fall away in me Mm. when it is winter be like okay instead of like going out every single night how can I like what what do I need or am I really tired why am I really tired? Oh, it's because, oh, that's why. Why am I having a mental breakdown and bursting into tears and literally wanting to physically hurt my husband? Am I crazy? Oh, no, I'm just on day 26. I get like this every time <laughs> it's day 26 right. because things are falling away, right? Yeah. And then, and then you know, so, for example, with um, – with, with me, when I'm teaching, like, yeah, I'd love to be able to always teach when I'm in spring or summer, right? But it can't fucking happen. And every time I try and make that happen, then my cycle changes to prove yeah. that you can't control life. Because if you try and do that, you're kind of doing the opposite, right? right. So what I think it is, is that it's a, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a self-development tool, yeah. Of checking in with where you are and where you're at, and so if I'm if I'm teaching uh, a workshop when it's in spring, I'll when I'm in spring or summer, I'll probably be doing a lot of like physical movement, like incorporating dance and song. Um, I'll be working people, so I'll be like, okay, cool. So we're going to do a lot of partner work, right? Whereas if I'm in if I'm in autumn, the wild woman. I'll do a lot more activations and transmissions and I'll probably like drill people harder and that's okay. Mm-hmm. If I'm in winter, I'll be like, you know what? I'm just sitting here and I'm just going to channel and I'm just, I'm like, I don't, it's enough meditation. We'll just do a lot of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes to cooking and dinner, it's like, okay, well I'm exhausted. Why am I exhausted? Well, because I'm in winter Instead of cooking when I've got guests coming over, I'm not going to cancel the guests because I need to be in my red tent. I mean, go for it if you want to, but I'll just be like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna go in between takeaway and cooking uh, an amazing. I'll go to my local deli and I'll get some appetizers, and then I don't have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I feel like so, totally. I feel like it's this like acknowledgement. Of that it exists mm. and that it's very real and that it's to be respected. Like for me, it's it's like this respect that we are not going to be given, you know, by society necessarily, but we give it to ourselves. And it almost feels like, I mean, even in just the few months that I've acknowledged this, I mean, I'm 39 years old, like I've been having my period for a really long time. And, um, but you know, the funny thing is I never, I, I, I was really like, I didn't, um, know when it was coming. It was always very, I have like really erratic cycles and I never really correlated it to anything except this like annoying thing I had to deal with, you know, once every whatever. 
And now that I know it, it's, it's sort of like this respectful dance. Like I have respect for it. And I feel like if I have respect for it, it sort of has respect for me. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not controlling it, um, but I'm not controlled by it either. Yeah. So it's like this respect of the energy that I'm a part of a bigger thing. Totally. I so agree. And it's really funny, um, too, because I, I started like, um, like, again, I never knew in my entire life when my period was coming or how long it was lasting for or whatever. And um, and I started tracking it in, I think, October. And what's really interesting um, is that I always told myself I had a regular periods and that I never had a regular cycle. I do. Um, I do. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> me too. Me to the too. day I start, I'm always. Yeah, it has been hour. off. It is crazy, crazy. Isn't anyway, isn't that no, amazing? It yeah. is. But you can be so it's, disconnected. You can be so yeah. out, like that. That and and not only that. I just start. I'm on it. I'm I'm crone right now. But I was wild woman last week, and I was pissed. I was so fucking fired up and so angry. And then we taught a workshop, and in the second, the we taught two workshops within a weekend. And the second day, as I was teaching, I was just bawling. I mean, it was like, Bruh! and so it's um, and I was you know I was um, wild woman, um, and it, all of that anger was transmuted into passion and all that stuff. But it's just. It is really interesting because before, when you don't, when you aren't aware of this, you're just like, God, I'm being such a bitch right now, or God, you yeah, know, something's wrong that. with me, exactly. right? And that's the exact thing because it's like because these, uh, the two archetypes of the, and there's many more, obviously, but main ones are the the wild woman, and the wise woman, because they've not been embraced in society and they're making a comeback now. It's like sometimes when we're going through it, we're like we're like channeling all the rage of all women who've always yeah. had that pushed in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this isn't just me. This is like my mom, my auntie, my this, and someone's just asked me if I can, if I can, you know, take the dog to the vet. It's yeah. like, this is clearly not about the dog. That's <laughs> right. So, so can you tell us um, what this has to do with addiction? Well, no, I want to say in your book, you do say you talk about filling up like Mm -hmm. like using when we're not. uh, I want to say it's when we're not in touch with the feminine side of ourselves. We start looking for things outside of ourselves and you and I quote you say and then um, and you you say addiction is the absence of the feminine. And so Mm -hmm. that is what I'm interested in you talking about. Mm, I'd love you to talk about that. Oh, God. Okay. This is what <laughs> Megan did. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, addiction is the absence of the feminine. Give me a second here. I would say um, it's the denial. It's the denial of the soul. Um, it's the denial of self. It's the uh, disconnection um, and the, the the disconnection and the turning away from source um, and the and the pretending and the forcing to fit into something that doesn't fit that doesn't that 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 is not mine um, that. Um, kills me in order to have to do and so in order in order to allow myself to be killed or allow myself to to do something that's so against 
um, my nature. I have to use things externally to plug it. Um, and also that it creates a vacuum and you have to use things to plug it. And so that would be what I would say um, in, yeah, in my short response. I would response. say the same too. I think, I think that's totally right. And I think it's also like kind of what you were saying, but it's the pain, it's the way to alleviate the pain of that separation. And also it's mm-hmm. that we're not mothering ourselves, right? Like we, we don't, totally. like this was a big shift for me after your work was this like idea that we have to, you know, I've always known self-care is a huge part of recovery. Like it's something I've been advocating for forever. And I've, I've, I've also started to, to really employ self-care practices in the last couple of years, but it wasn't, it's just the switch of understanding also mothering myself when I mother Mm. myself and allow myself to be treated in the way that a mother would treat its child. Um, that also is, um, that starts to feed me in a way where I don't have to use, you know, things, instruments of destruction. Um, Mm, so true it's I so feel that with the the absence of mothering ourselves and you know I think that so often we can be feel unmet by our mothers no matter how amazing or not amazing we think that they are and it's often it's like it's well they weren't mothered themselves and we kind of look towards them and then thus the rest of the world to give us what 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 we feel like we needed whereas really we're the only ones now who can and and I think that this larger mother wound as well which is so interesting when you look at it with addiction is is like if we look at the greater mother is in like mother earth it's like our disconnection from her as well you know right it's yeah it's quite quite huge yeah I agree And I think one thing I've been feeling with addiction as well is that, um, and, uh, you know, I'm by no means an uh, an addiction um, expert, but one thing that I've noticed is how highly sensitive people are so prone to addiction. Yeah. And using, using addiction, addictions, things like food, like alcohol, like whatever it is there's so many different things that we can become addicted to almost as a way to like anchor ourselves on the planet so because I think that for some of us at a soul level who are so highly sensitive or just like there's a part of us where it's just like oh do we really have to do this again (laughs) you know and and using those 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 methods, whether it's food or alcohol or coffee or whatever, and I'm not saying any of these things are necessarily bad. It's like how they react with us and why we're using them. But it's like it's like we use them as the protection or as the as the vehicle to like keep us grounded here. Right. So and you know, and I think in some cases that like sometimes we need to for a period of time in order to keep us here. And then it's like, okay, you know, now I choose to be here. Right. I think that's so well put. And I would add with a sensitive piece, um, Glennon Mountain, uh, no, God damn it. Is it Glennon Doyle Mountain? Why can I never say it right? Whatever. Glennon. (laughs) 
Glennon wrote a really beautiful piece about why the world needs um, the the addicted and, and the mentally ill. Um, and she just talks about canaries in a coal mine and how, you know, a lot of sensitive people sense, we're sensitive, right? So we're sensing and we're sensing the poison that's around us, right? Like what we were talked about at the very beginning, like, thank God, you know, Trump got elected so that we could wake up. But sensitive people, like whether or not we can, we're awake doesn't mean, you know, we don't, if we're, even if we're asleep, doesn't mean we can't feel and that there's, you know, and so this, it's this, this sensing that this isn't right. This is not how a society should work. We should not have, you know, we, we, we cannot, how can, how can all of this that we, that happens around Mm -hmm. us, the dark that we, that we see right now in this, you know, in this time, like, how can this be? Um, this isn't right. Something's wrong. And so like canary in the coal mine, they can, you know, the idea that, that sensitive people smelling, smell the poison and, and in order to deal with that, turn to things that help them deal with that. Mm -hmm. I so agree. All right, Laura, do you want to ask the final question? (laughs) Yeah. So this is just something we ask. um, We ask people when they come on is what do you, what do you think your job is in this world? Mm-hmm. Such a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my job is to mm, it's twofold. One is to connect people back to the wisdom of their own soul, and then the second one I think is to is to inspire people to live from that place through creation like through beauty mm. and I can't do that without having beauty around me I've realized <laughs> yeah. well you've like I mean it's the second part of that like I um I started buying flowers for myself I mm. um it's just you you do you have that you do have that effect in um and and really allowing people to um to live more softly and more beautifully mm. Um, thank you that's a compliment <laughs> thank you yeah thanks so much for coming on oh, it was wonderful to my talk pleasure to you. i've had it's been such such great conversation do you I have any it. um workshops coming up or yeah i'm in i'm i'm coming to omega for a rise sister rise retreat in september so that's when i'm coming to the states next Kripalu or omega i forget Omega, Omega. I think it's actually the week before Pema Children. Laura and I are going to see Pema Children. Um, oh, amazing. I know. There at Omega. <laughs> so you're like, I don't know if we actually live there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, anyway, thank you. Thank you for your work. And um, you're amazing. And I love you. I'm so obsessed with you. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> it's been creepy. a pleasure thank you so much Thanks for inviting America. me on it's been great to chat to everyone um, who's joined us yeah thank absolutely. you thank you Rebecca mm-hmm. bye-bye. bye 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 infinitely so